Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dave Patnayak about the future-focused leader. Dave Paknaik, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. We've been preparing for this one for a while. Uh, you're joining us from California. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the future-focused leader. I love that. I love everything about um, thinking, uh, you know, trying to look around the corners and understanding what the future of work is going to need from our leaders and, and as organizations adapt and change over time. Uh, this is what we're going to be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Dave's bio with everybody. Dave Patnaik is the CEO of Jump Associates, the leading independent strategy and innovation firm. He's a board member of Conscious Capitalism. Dave has been a trusted advisor to CEOs at some of the world's most admired companies, including Starbucks, Target, Nike, Universal, and Virgin. He is a frequent keynote speaker at major forums, and his writing has appeared in Business Week, Forbes, Fast Company, and many others. He is the author of the book, Wired to Care, named one of the best books of the year by both Fast Company and Business Week. Malcolm Gladwell called Wired to Care just what we need for the lean years ahead. When not at jump, he also is an adjunct professor at Stanford University, where he teaches social science methods to MBA and design students. What a fantastic background. A pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background before we dive on in? No, we got we talked about jump, right? Yeah. We talked about Stanford. Yeah. Right? And we talked about wired to care. Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Um, so at a time when companies are very much focused on what's happening this quarter, uh, this coming year, you know, immediate results, you say it's essential for leaders to be more future focused. Um, tell us what you mean by that and why it's important to be thinking five to seven years down the road, not just this quarter or even just this year. Yeah, I wish we could focus just on on the now, right? But when you look back um, uh, at, at at companies and and where they fall away, when they run into trouble, where they hit the skids, it's usually because they miss the future, right? It's it's usually stuff is going on that is you know beyond the great job that they're doing today, and 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 then I I always use the metaphor that's when they get fracked. That's a, a reference to Battlestar Galactica, right? 
<laughs> it's definitely <laughs> in, in Battlestar Galactica. It's I'm, you know just think about like you know the whole hydraulic fracturing thing. Where oh, right. <laughs> it's just a, it's a it's a great metaphor. I mean, imagine you're a farmer in Ohio or Pennsylvania or something, and your family's had that farm for you know three generations, um, and you're a really good farmer. But unbeknownst to you, somebody is breaking shale rock a mile underground underneath your farm, and it is leaching up all sorts of chemicals. And you may be a really great farmer, but because of that, you wake up one morning and you turn on your faucets and your water lights on fire and you have to move. (laughs) You have been fracked. And I think it's just a really, I mean, it's a horrible situation. But it's a powerful metaphor for what companies go through, which is that you may be doing an excellent job of getting things done, of executing on your core business. But unbeknownst to you, there are exogenous forces that are going to completely disrupt what you're doing. And you have to pay attention to those things, right? You have to show up at the town hall when people are talking about drilling shell rock underneath your farm. And if you don't pay attention to those things, you're going to have to move. And those things are always there, right? Um, and and sometimes they don't amount to much, uh, and but other times they're completely disruptive, <laughs> and they can change everything. Right, and and it's so hard for people to look at that, right, and and to see that, right. We we've done some studies, right, on on how future focused people are, how good are are, are folks at um, imagining a world beyond what they're doing today, and. The results are are not encouraging, John. Mm. Right? I, like, like with the data shows that most of us are not future focused. And if we're not, uh, how how do we go about kind of shifting that and adjusting that so we can become a little bit more future focused? Uh, because, like you said, the reality is uh, there are all these external factors. We have our own kind of locus of control, our own sphere of influence. We can have a measure of control over it, and we at least have this perception uh, or facade of control. Of control, yeah. but the reality is, there's so much going on externally to us that we have little to no control over. Um, how, how do we start to shift people's mindsets? Because as human beings, I think we naturally resist change. We naturally want a sense of security, even if it's fake. Um, yeah. And how, how do you get people to start embracing that? Well, and and I think the answer is to focus on the things that you can control. And you used a really important word there, which is mindsets, right? And and what is the mindset that you have? You know, the research is, is pretty clear that there is about 16% of human beings who are truly future focused. They are the people who, that when you show them weird things that are going on in the world, they say, oh, we, you're right. We got to get going. We need to do something about that. That's only about 16% of us. There's another 14% of people who are, you know, know, what are generally considered past focused individuals. Those are people who their entire reality is governed by their experiences of what happened years or decades before. These are the people who tell you, John, taxi cabs are never going away. Uber is just a blip. Or yeah, sure, Airbnb sounds cool, but look at how many people stayed in a hotel last night, right? They're the past focused people. They're about 14% of uh, of the world that are that. But then there's everybody in the middle. There's the big middle of the bell curve. And there's 70% of the world that are completely present focused, right? They don't think about the future. They don't think about the past. There's, but they're, you know, we're most of us and we're mired in the present. And when you show them that here's what's going on in the world, here are the big things that are going to disrupt your life. Most of those people who are present focused say, you're right. 
but we need to focus on this quarter. We need to make sure that we're blocking and tackling today. And honestly, that is the worst of all three options, right? Because with the with the future folks, they're going. With the past focused people, you can disprove them. With the present focused people, they have accepted your basic premise and continuing to act like the past focused people nonetheless, right? It's like you have accepted that there's a cliff ahead of you, but you're going to drive straight over it anyway. And that's most of us. And so we have to do some stuff to fundamentally rewire our brains and rewire our thinking so that we can at least start to act yourself uh, into a mindset of being future focused. Yeah. So how do we disrupt that? Because unless we can disrupt that status quo so we can start to shift those mindsets, we're going to be locked into kind of our preconditioned wiring, right? And socialization and norms that we've embraced over time. So those those rough percentages that you laid out, I mean, that's it's good to know that. It, it's also a little discouraging. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really and, and, discouraging, I'd say. Yeah, so, but, but, but I, I am a believer that people can change. We can yeah. learn. We can adjust our mindset. So how do we start that process? Yeah, that's, I, I mean, the... The need for us to change starts with with ourselves, right? And say, okay, what do I do to change my own mindset, right? And this is something that, you know, folks like Amy Cuddy, you know, shared research with us 20 years ago on this, right? Which is that your brain controls your body, but those wires work in both directions. So if you're happy, you smile, but if you smile a lot, you're happier, right? And so you can, you can act yourself into a new way of thinking. It is far better to act yourself into a new way of thinking than to try and think yourself into a new way of acting, right? I'll say that again, act yourself into a new way of thinking. So if you know that as a leader, you need to be future focused, what does that look like? It means, well, let's start with how we're spending our time. Uh, when I, I spend time with senior leaders, you know, chief growth officers, chief strategy officers, right? One of the first things we'll do is say, okay, well, Let's just go through your Outlook calendar and starting next week after every meeting, not before, after a meeting, I just want you to color code it three different colors, right? And you can, you know, just choose like for, if it was a past focused conversation, code it blue, right? And if it was a present focused conversation, code it orange, right? And if it's a future focused conversation, code it green, and just start to notice. It's a little bit like if you wanted to, you know, lose weight and get in shape, one of the first things you should start doing is looking at your diet. And the first thing you might want to do about that is start noticing what you're eating. Um, in that same way, start noticing the kind of conversations that you're having. How much time are you spending justifying why things went well or didn't go well last quarter versus figuring out what's going on right now, this quarter or next quarter, because that's all the present versus really thinking about where you're going to be in five years and seven years. And I'm wondering how you see this connecting with, you know, there's all this talk around uh, mindfulness uh, and being present in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so you talked about people who have a kind of a past orientation, a present orientation, a future orientation, um, how, how would you map the kind of the mindfulness conversation around this future orientation as we are leading organizations to prepare for the future? Yeah, that is a, a really important distinction, right? Which is that when I say that we shouldn't be present focused, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be present in the way that we talk about, uh, you know, being mindful or being aware 
right? Or bringing your attention to the now. That you should definitely do. That word present can be a little squirrely because present can mean this planning horizon. Present can mean in the moment while I'm talking to you right now, bringing my attention. Present can also mean a wonderful gift, right? Uh, but <laughs> so I, I want you to be, you know, I want you to be aware of what's going on. I want you to be mindful and bringing your attention to the now. But I also want you to be aware of how your brain is thinking about what is possible just around the corner. You know, I, if you would ask me um, in February of 2020, right, if you said, you know, Dave, what are the odds that in about six weeks time, three and a half billion people, somewhere in the 40 percent of the human species is going to be under voluntary house arrest? I would have told you you were nuts, right? Um, because I looked around and that just seemed unbelievable. Now, I have, um, you know, friends of mine and, and companies we work with who were already on the phone at that point calling, you know, uh, folks in, in China and, and trying to figure out what was going on and already moving ahead of the rest of us in that way. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the first step is to kind of like rest yourself out of what you're seeing in front of you as the defining mindset that you have. So if we're starting to to work on ourselves, to go through that shift to, to develop these new mindsets. I think that's the first step, uh, but it's not enough for a given leader in an organization to develop that mindset. Like we have to, we have to model it for our teams and we have to really generate that a similar type of mindset and approach amongst the members of our teams. Uh, how, how do you think that leaders can go about doing that? Uh, especially, you know, if you have very different types of people with very different roles, very different skill sets and capabilities, doing different things for the team and for the organization. How are you going to help uh, teams rally around uh, this this idea of a future orientation to to look ahead and then spark growth? Yeah, you know, as a leader, you need to model curiosity, right? And you have to think about like, is my culture a curious culture where we lean in when we see data that doesn't fit what we thought before? Or do we kind of lean back and say like, no, 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 you know, here's a good argument why we could ignore this data. And so modeling curiosity, again, act yourself into a new way of thinking. It starts with getting outside, right? And, and looking and seeing what's going on. For many of us where we're spending our days now working remotely, right? You would think that would mean, wow, we could work from anywhere or we could we could work from different places. And I should be experiencing all sorts of different things on a daily basis. Most of us didn't do that. What it, you know, what that meant was just that we're working from home. Right. So it's like we're not in a cubicle. We're in our bedroom. So we, we, we changed we traded one cage for another. Right. And, and that didn't actually we didn't get the real benefit of saying, like, no, you know, I have two you know, or three conference calls that I need to do today. And, and so I, I have to be, you know, on this little box, but I can get outside. I can go to see other things. I can be in a different place. And it doesn't have to be, I have to, you know, start taking my calls, you know, from the Maldives or something like that. It, it could just mean, you know, working, you know, from a, from a coffee shop on the other side of town where I never go to. Right. But you know, modeling curiosity starts with getting outside and feeding your head. Yeah. And to that point, uh, so I'm a university professor. I do consulting stuff on the side. And uh, I was on sabbatical uh, last spring. So 
uh, I literally have no university responsibilities. I'm just doing consulting work, writing uh, projects, et cetera. I can literally be anywhere, do anything I want. Um, and, but, you know, there are, and by this point, lockdowns have eased and, and the pandemic is a little bit more under control. At least we have vaccines and such. And uh, I, I could do anything. I could go anywhere. I could work anywhere. I actually had plans to do that. Um, yet I also have other constraints, you know, so I have family constraints. I have other things that, and it just ended up being easier to just be it at home in my home office. And that's what I did 80% of the time. Now I did get out sometimes and I did try different things and I did travel a little bit, but not nearly as much as my initial intention was because it was just easier. And, and to your point, I, you know, when, when the pandemic first hit, I don't know if you remember seeing this. I'm trying to remember the specific locations, but there were really hard hit uh, locations around the world that were actually trying to get people to go there, to move there. They were going to pay you money to come move there uh, and work remotely uh, from that location. And I remember turning to my wife and saying, why not? Like the kids are all doing online school that we could be anywhere. We're working online. We could be anywhere. Why not? Let's go there. That'd be an adventure. That'd be fun. And ultimately we talked about it a little bit. It was kind of fun to think about. And then we just kind of hunkered down and just did our normal thing. And just everyone was at home, right. To your point. <laughs> um, so kind of a missed opportunity, right? Uh, they're, they're, oh, and the, those, yeah, and we can all be hard on ourselves about those things. We didn't, you know, we didn't pick up and 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 move everybody to Burkina Faso for for our, you know, for our, our sabbatical. But that just ends up making you feel bad about yourself, right? And, and I don't want us to do that. I'd rather just say, okay, what's a little change that we could do to feed our head, right? William Gibson, the you know, said this years ago. Said that the 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 future exists today. It's just unevenly distributed. You know, there are other people wherever you live right now who are doing things, who are behaving in ways that are weird to you and I, but are going to be doing things like we you know, like, you know, you know, that we will also do in just a few years. Go out and spend time with them. Right. You know, and, and it can be even little things like let's take the most boring, banal thing. Right. Which is, you know, pickleball. I had never heard of pickleball 10 years ago. What is that crazy thing? It seems to be pretty important. It seems to be something that is on trend. There's a lot of people who are ripping up tennis courts to, to turn them into pickleball courts. If I am remotely interested in what's going on in culture, if I'm really interested in healthy aging, if I'm really interested in athletics, let's say I work for a company like Nike, I ought to go check out a game of pickleball, right? Even though I might think that's you know, that's a stupid idea, I might end up playing it five years from now. So I should probably go check it out today, right? So you're right. We should have all gone off to the Maldives, you know, for our for our sabbatical. But maybe we can just go check out pickleball this weekend and and feel less bad about ourselves. Yeah, start small, right? Uh, you know, and and everyone has various reasons for why you do or don't do those things, right? But start small. There are things you can do right now and in, in getting out and trying new things. And I like. Uh, how you said earlier, just stay curious, stay inquisitive. Um, if, if you're doing that, I think you're naturally, you, you naturally have a growth and learning mindset. Uh, and that becomes uh, contagious for your team. Um, because you you just act differently with them, you treat them differently, you, you interact with them differently, and you expect 
different things from them when you want a learning environment and a growth culture, uh, all of which is going to help you be more future focused. That's exactly right. I, and you can encourage this in, in your teams, right? Just say, you know, for instance, at Jump, where I work, we are all about learning and growth, right? So every, you know, every week at our all hands meeting, we just ask one question of everybody, right? Which is like, what did we learn last week? Right? And some of it is, here's what we learned on a project that we're doing and how we could do a project better. But sometimes it's like, I saw the most crazy show and here's what it's all about, right? That's how I learned about Squid Games, you know, the first time. Or I saw a really interesting uh, exhibit this weekend. Here's what it was. Or I read this really interesting article, right? But constantly feeding your head of what's out there um, is a great practice for yourself personally as a leader. But it's also something that you can start to engender in your culture, just by asking the question on a regular basis. Dave, uh, this has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in a few more minutes. Um, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, uh, the cool things that you're you're speaking about, writing about, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, you know, the best place to go is to jumpassociates.com just because, you know, we, we try to put up as much information, useful stuff that that that, um, uh, that you can have and, and, and uh, just take away and put to use for yourself. Also, um, reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'm happy to share because we, we share a lot of information that way. The, we're all about learning and growth. So we want to make sure that that everyone else around us is is getting helpful advice on that, too. Excellent. Dave, uh, this has just been a really great conversation. I hope that we can strive to develop these mindsets, uh, that we can be more uh, future oriented in our approach as we're leading our teams and fostering that kind of a, an inspiring environment where everyone wants to continually stretch the limits of, of their capabilities and their understanding and lean into the messiness and the tensions of, of this shifting world that we're in. Uh, you know, there's just so much out there that we don't know, uh, which some people find kind of soul crushing and frustrating. I find it exciting and inspiring. Um, you know, the, the old cliche, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. I actually love that because it just means the, the world is there waiting for me to discover it. And there's so much more for me to learn. Yeah. Life is short. Work is hard. And the most precious thing you have, the most precious resource is your time. And just start to think a little bit. Are you spending time justifying the past? Are you spending time arguing or managing the present? Are you spending time building the future? Wonderful. I encourage everyone to reach out, get connected with Dave. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.